Hi, I'm Shane Twist and welcome to Behind the Beef, a podcast that gives you a look behind the scenes and into the everyday activities of the people behind the beef. Happy 2023 and welcome back to Behind the Beef. I've won, I'm very glad to be back and I'm looking forward to sharing a new year's worth of content with all of our listeners. So thanks for joining us once again. Jumping right in, in this episode, we spoke to some of the young people who are doing big things in the beef industry. We spoke to three beef business owners, Dana Gray, Jack Laurie and Ben Lucas. Dana Gray was raised in the northwest of Tasmania on a small beef cattle property. She ventured across the water to Geelong, completing a Bachelor of Business Agribusiness at Marcus Oldham, before accepting a position with Thomas Foods International in a mixed role of supply chain and marketing management. In 2021, she commenced a livestock pregnancy scanning business, initially working on the weekends, before taking the big plunge and taking the pregnancy scanning business full-time. Jack Laurie hails from Moppy, New South Wales and is the owner of Breeder Genetics, a genetics company focusing on the selling of semen. It is a breeder-to-breeder platform providing a marketplace for all beef producers. Ben Lucas of BookBook New South Wales has a background of over 10 years experience working on his family farm where they run approximately 1,000 breeding Angus stock. Since 2020, he has operated Balin Angus with the original focus of this business being to breed commercial Angus bulls for the everyday farmer using an AI program where the genetics of the sire were known and certain breeding traits could be used within the herd. Each of our guests have joined us to have a chat about their life, their business and what they are looking to achieve in the beef industry. So let's jump into our interviews with these young beef leaders now. Thanks for joining us. Just introduce yourself, where you come from and a bit of your background in the ag industry. So I'm Dana Gray. I am currently based in... Maribel, which is the mid-north of South Australia, with my partner on his family farm. My background started, oh gosh, my, I've grown up in it since I was born. We've been in ag. So I originally grew up on a beef cattle operation out of Tasmania on the northwest coast. Went to an agricultural-focused school, which then obviously drove me down a path into doing agribusiness studies. Um, through some opportunities and scholarships similar to Jen Angus, I landed a fairly good gig with Thomas Foods in Adelaide in their head office and um, worked under Darren and, and his son Jack for a couple of years and just recently took a took a change in, in my career path into a pregnancy scanning business for sheep and cattle um, with, you know, big dreams of where that can go in the next couple of years. Yeah, and, and have relocated up with, with my partner. Uh, so well. it's pretty safe to say your passion for the industry started at a very young age. It did, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we're like in the workshop we just had, they, one of the guest speakers, Cameron, said, oh, you know, what did your peers think of you when you're 15 and what your parents wanted? Well, you know, I was, I was going to be Dr. Dana or, you know, a physio, physiotherapist. It definitely was nothing on the ag radar. So, um, but yes, you know, things happen and, and life changes and yeah, yeah some, some moment in time just made me. Yeah, go, I want to do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So why did you apply for Gen Angus, the program itself? Uh, It was actually Jake who pushed me to do it. I was still relatively new to SA and and was at a a big event that we both are quite heavily involved in and got chained to him. Um, I was at the stage where 
I was contemplating like about to resign from my job and take a big risk and a big jump in in starting this business that I was just doing on weekends part-time for some extra cash yeah um and but I'd been telling him you know I've recognized that this is could be a full-time gig and I think I want to do it and he was like you know this is perfect timing try this you know come and do this course thing with us it'll it'll be perfect so uh, I did so you know look into it and some research and read some reviews and applied didn't really you know it's quite it's quite a big course and well recognized so I didn't think I'd get into it but yeah I'm, I'm here and probably one of the youngest and a completely well we all are at different stages in our careers and lives and you know family farms and corporate level and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's, it's interesting to hear everybody's stories but we're all very similar in in every way as well yeah yeah. And so you've obviously started your own business and left sort of the security of having a position in another company and everything like that. What was the big sort of pivotal moment where you were like, oh, I can do this on my own. Let oh. me just give it a go. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a pretty probably, big deal to start. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I'd taken a big step up at Thomas Foods into a management position and the, the blinkers come off and the realisation of, right, okay, this, you know, travelling two hours every morning and then two hours of a night isn't really going to be healthy and, you know, as, as a female you do keep your mind in that, you know, family one day and, and whatnot and the city was getting a bit claustrophobic. I've never, with, yeah. you know, grown up on a farm. So I think it was just, a, I'm really bad at self-reflection, which a lot of us have figured out. We're all very the same <laughs> in that here. Um but yeah, I, I just had a moment a bit like when I decided I want to do an ag career where I went, oh, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? And it actually scared me staying in the city. And I was like, right, well, what what can I do? And I'm one of those people, we just did some personality profiling, behaviour profiling, and I'm one of those people that I will think stuff through. And I was very planned and organised. And yes, I, you know, if, if I can make these numbers work, it's going to be a profitable little venture. But yeah, I think... I know just having I talked it through with quite a few people I Jake um, my partner and especially my father and dad's very he was I told him I said oh dad I think I'm going to resign and do this scanning thing full-time and his words ringing my head and <laughs> and um, he said if you dare resign from that job I'll be on the first plane over to talk you out of it oh, <laughs> so, no. um, but somehow uh, I, I managed to uh, persuade him that what the decision I was making was the best one yeah. and and I remember the day that I resigned from the from from Thomas Foods I, I rang dad and I was actually I told him all about it and then hung up and the next day I was actually on the phone to him again going so where are you like I thought you were coming over to, to, and <laughs> to he, come to, get could me. take yeah <laughs> and he goes he said no nah. he goes because you, you, you convinced you me that it was the right decision so yeah I think yeah you know it's just taking the right steps and having that right support network behind you yeah um yeah it was and it was worth it. it's paid off in the end yeah so circling back to Gen Angus itself, what have you implemented from what you've learnt from the program taking part in the couple of days last year? Have you implemented anything into sort of your day-to-day business that you learnt from the program? I'm sure there's lots of aspects and, and to be honest, I need to have probably some more time just to reflect on that um, and, and process it all. And But the, the program itself, probably not what I've taken away, but it's come at the right time, A, for setting up my business, but and, and the second roll on after COVID, we can all be here to connect. You know, the, the work come quite easily. Um, I didn't have to do too much marketing. I did a little bit. We did a bit of marketing workshop and, and my background's marketing, so I did a bit of Facebook ads and whatnot but I probably got a little bit comfortable in in the level of work I had for my first year when I probably could have pushed myself outside that comfort yeah. zone a bit more and it's uh yeah it coming back here and actually sitting back and going oh well I probably could have done it and 
keeping the mind we had a massive mindset workshop and I think if you ask most of us that's probably the number one thing yeah, we take away from that mindset loves that. it so yeah. um yeah you know being able to keep determined on on your path and and push yourself outside that comfort zone especially I was only thinking about it because we get asked this question a lot what have we taken out of the program and everyone kind of goes oh <laughs> give us oh we don't know I was only talking to someone yesterday and they said oh what why do you why do you preg scan aren't you away from home a lot and I said well yes uh, my boyfriend's got it pretty good you know I come home I clean his house <laughs> and then I nick off for another week and come home again yeah. so yeah um, but it, it gets hard working away and you know mum and dad and the rest of my family back in Tassie and and I'm not home with Charles often so just having that mindset to keep determined and those you know being taught those trigger words and and that you know uh, each day rolls on and just the skills that Pete's been able to instill in us is is kept me driven to you know that I can I can do you know yeah you're doing this 27 days straight I can do this it'll be all worth it in the end so yeah there's little things and and I could keep talking about and things will pop to mind but yeah, yeah I think over the next couple of weeks and um, we're just joking in the workshop, some deep thinking in the car is the best spot. So <laughs> It usually yes. is. Yeah. It is. It's those moments where you don't even realise that you're driving somewhere because you're so deep in thought of yeah. what you're thinking about. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I guess it's pretty easy to answer from what you've just said, but why would you encourage other people in a similar position to you to apply for the program? Um, I don't think you have to be in a similar position. I just think you have to be driven to want to learn and keep upskilling but my partner and I have two very very different people he would definitely not be interested in something like this at all and you can't force people to do it if they don't want to but if you're that type of person that likes learning learning about yourself I know that there's a lot of um, self-reflection and behavioral study and like today there's quite a few people sitting back quite shocked at their results but after some time they're like oh actually it does all make sense so if you're interested in that and and networking and connecting it's it's something that's definitely worth at least looking into to get onto and if you know if you need just some support really it's it's a good networking event for that as well Yeah. yeah And um, we ask every person on the podcast this, and it may seem like a bit of a, uh, after all of those serious questions, but how do you have your steak? I was expecting this one because they've all been talking about it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I have it, yeah, medium rare generally, but in the restaurant I will ask medium because sometimes they just can't get it they right. They can't get it right, yes. yeah. So, but it's been argued in, in around the workshops and if you dare say, well done, you're, you're no longer welcome. So. Oh, <laughs> keep Apparently, so, yeah, no. Um, yeah medium rare great well thank you for joining us and giving us a little insight into yourself and your you know experience on the program I appreciate you coming on with us today no thank you thanks Jack for joining us for the podcast if you could just let us know a little bit about yourself who you are where you come from yep so my name is Jack Laurie uh, from the Upper Hunter Valley sort of west of Gloucester uh, we run a uh, commercial cattle operation as well as stud operation um, and then also personally have a salmon company, Breeder Genetics. So why did you apply for Gen Angus? There's obviously the, uh, the obvious reasons in terms of learning and what we can get out of the program from a leadership and business role perspective. But a lot of this stuff for me is really driven on um, you know the connections we can make here. We can meet a lot of like-minded people um, and throughout my life I've probably learned it's not always what you know it's who you know and I think a lot of these these events um, the the connections and the network working you can do at them is is underrated. Yeah so what inspired you to start Breeder Genetics going off on your own? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess it's a bit of a long story. Um, the short story is is uh, being in America, uh, having boots on the ground over there, probably looking at bulls and understanding that there's a lot of bulls throughout America that probably go unmissed and then quickly realised that was the same thing here in Australia. So I've been able to provide a bit more of an open open platform um, to get, get bulls that often might go missed because they're you know, a smaller stud that may not have the, the name per se. So I've been able to really create an open market for anyone to try and capitalise on, on what generally is a good bull that might just go unmissed. Yeah, that's great. And how long have you been doing that for? How have you been developing as you've gone along? Yeah, sure. So um, we, we've just gone into our, I guess, third calendar year um, of sort of full operation as such, minus sort of all the startup work we did in the very beginning. How we've developed is probably sort of still yet to come. We're still probably yeah, working on other sort of programs in the background. But I guess the short term is yeah, just growing our business and, and growing you know, with our clients as well. You know, We can only grow just as big as our client base. So if yeah. we can grow them, then we can grow with them. Yeah, great. So over the last couple of days, you've had a, quite a bit of information so yep. far yep. through the program. So, so far, what are some of the take homes that you've had from the last couple of days that have really resonated with you? Yeah, sure. I guess the main one probably is it's a lot about the, the little things we could be doing better. Um, that, that sort of add up and I know you know we hear it's a bit of a cliche to talk about the the one percenters but I think it, it generally is some of those just little things we can tweak that we'd be able to do a lot better to, to you know then have sort of amplified results yeah there's a few other things but yeah I really think it, it's a lot about those one percenters and just understanding exactly how they actually influence you from a business perspective. So have you had any thoughts about how you'll then be able to apply that and implement that in your own business? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think right through the speakers, right from yesterday morning, talking about our mindset and how we can have a, a positive mindset and trying to you know, actually understand how we're going to receive information and give it back out. You know, just even the stuff we've done today with Heidi, with the social media stuff, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of things we can all be doing better from a media, social media. You know. Yeah, and it's an ever-evolving space It is, it too. is, and, you know, it's changing a lot and um, we've probably been a bit slack, so I think, you know, it's a bit of the... <laughs> bit of the um, kick we needed to, to probably get a bit more realistic with what's actually going on in that space. Um, you know, from yesterday talking with the um, bank guys and the finance guys that, you know, there's probably a few financial things that we can probably be looking at to sort of better position ourselves um, and have a bit more security. Um, yeah, look, there's been multiple things that I've written down after each speaker, yeah. like, you know, this, need, this, is gonna, this needs to happen tomorrow as such. Yeah, great. And uh, why would you encourage other people to apply for something like Gen Angus and use those opportunities as young people in the industry? Yeah, sure. So I guess, yeah, I guess as we spoke about there in the beginning, it's, it's you know, we, there's a lot of added value to what you can actually learn, what you're going to learn from the speakers, but I'm a massive believer in it's the networking you can do. And I guess the, the most simplest way to put it is if, if you haven't applied, you're probably already lost. So yeah, just throw your hat in the ring, you never know what can happen. And it's an absolutely outstanding program. So yeah, if you, if you haven't applied, you've probably already lost. So Great, well, thanks again for joining us and giving us a bit more insight. <laughs> Thank you. So thank you again for joining us for the podcast, Ben. Do you mind just telling us who you are, where you're located and about your business? Yeah, Ben Lucas, uh, book book, so about 20 kilometres east of Wagga Wagga. Uh, we've just started our own little stud there on 70 acres, me and my wife, and we've just purchased another 100 acres. And then I'll also manage our family farm, which consists of about 1,100 breeders, just a commercial operation. So that's pretty much me. 
So what's your background in the industry and your sort of career progression to this point? Um, well, I've just, I've just been running, managing the family farm for probably seven years now and I suppose we haven't known anything else. We've grown up on the family farm and it's sort of, I suppose, in my blood. I'm a third-generation farmer and then I've sort of just taken our own little step, I suppose, down the stud path and um, I've always sort of enjoyed breeding bulls, so a little bit of a hobby of mine, I suppose, and hopefully I can sort of kick it off and start our own little business and little sidekick, I suppose, more so than anything. And Yeah, that's, that's how it all sort of started for us, which we're only just sort of starting now, so it's all very new, the stud side of it. But the commercial side's been going for, I think, my grandparents have been running the family farm for nearly 45 years now, so... Um, yeah, it's pretty well ingrained in us, I think. Yeah, and have you been involved in the Angus breed itself pretty much all that time? Yes, I think they started out with other cattle, but I haven't known anything else other than Angus. That's all we've ever owned. Yeah, I didn't think there was any other breeds, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So you've obviously mentioned now that you've recently launched your own business. So why now? What was the driving objective for starting this business and what inspired you to do so? Uh, well, I suppose we were going to we wanted to breed our own little bulls for our commercial operation out here on the family farm, and just probably trying to chase a bit of an outcross genetic, and um, just find a little bit of like, not a hybrid vigor, but just something to put a little bit of oomph back into our calves and get them 200, 400 day growth up, and try and concentrate on some of the things that really matter to us more so than anything. And I was sorting out just do out of some commercial cows, and obviously not worry about the stud thing and. Then we uh, actually, I lost my dog and a bloke picked her up and he owned a, he's got a stud over near Gundy guy and he had a female so we coming up so he gave me a book and I went over <laughs> and ended up buying a couple of heifers and got my dog back and that's how the, uh, I suppose the stud side all started and I've purchased a few more heifers since then, practiced in calves so I suppose that's just how we've kicked off and I suppose a little bit lucky in a way and yeah, I don't know, it's, it all happened pretty quick and little bit of a cool story behind, I suppose. I can yeah, exactly. thank you, for that. Yep. <laughs> you have to keep that one around for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with this business, what are the target markets that you service to? Well, look, we're, we're going to have that commercial sort of background. That's what we want to be aiming for, like to them commercial breeders, especially, and I'll be breeding bulls for our operation at Tarkata anyway. So I've got a little bit of a market there, which is good. So other than that, I probably don't really have much of a market yet until I can build up some numbers of my own at home. But it'll just be that commercial commercial sort of operators and just bring some nice little tidy bulls that can last and stand the, stand the times and through the good and the bad. And I suppose that's our main objective, fertility, get calves on the ground from first and foremost. And then obviously we have a few issues with feet where we are, so probably trying to target a little bit, trying to get them better feet in the Angus cattle. So, But, um, yeah, I've got a bit of a market there on this, this side of it with the family farm, which I'm pretty lucky to start out. So it sort of takes a little bit of pressure off me shoulder straight away, which is always good. And that way you can sort of keep developing as you're going and testing and trialling different things that work for your breeding objectives, I guess. Yeah, well, that's exactly right, and it sort of it doesn't really put a lot of pressure on me. But I can, and then I can just tweak things every now and then as I need to. And if something doesn't work, or well, obviously we won't put it through our program, but um, we will know for next time. And that's always the beauty of it. I can, we can sort of just chop and change. And I suppose the beauty of it too is I get to see these bulls grow out to five, six years old, still working. Obviously, longevity is a massive thing now too. So yeah. 
if I can see them grow out and still working it, even that seven or eight year old, well, well and good, and that's sort of what we're aiming for, I suppose. The longer we can keep them and working, well, the better. So for your commercial operation and then also looking to your seed stop operation that you're developing, what traits are important for you when you're selecting your genetics? Uh, well, definitely fertility, straight up. Uh, I've got to have nice first fertile which obviously breeds into your heifers and even going back in calf. Calves on the ground is probably first and foremost for the commercial operation. Then our foot scores, definitely. We calve for 200 heifers a year, so... Carving ease plays a massive, massive issue too. So they're probably our main objectives is carving ease, fertility, and probably their feet. So when you look to this business, what do you think your key drivers of success will be for the herd? If we can get a nice um, tidy AI program, well, that sort of means that I've selected a bull through that program through my AI or for my AI program. So the, ideally, the more calves we can get out of that program, the better. So that's really probably the driving thing, I suppose. If, if, we, if we're successful there, well, it makes a lot more success with calves on the ground too. So. so when you look to the future for this business, what goals do you have? What do you wish to see in the next couple of years? We'd probably like to purchase a little bit more land. Obviously, then be a little bit broader and probably go more directly down the stud, uh, the seed stock, rather than going the commercial cattle. So if we can purchase some more land, I'd really like to sort of have, oh, well, Probably a little bit more long term, I suppose, would be to have our own on property bull sale or even a helmsman sale. So yeah, they're probably some some longer term goals, but short term probably just to try and find some more land, and which is very expensive at the moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I suppose just grow, just grow our business where we can actually just sit comfortably and you sort of we can experiment with different things, and we're still got a market there with the family farm, which is always nice to have. So. We, uh, we've definitely got our options open there. Great. So turning to Jen Angus, which you recently took part in, why did you apply for the Jen Angus Future Leaders Program? <laughs> um, well, I actually didn't apply for it. I didn't even know much about it, to be honest. My wife applied for me <laughs> and she never told me anything about it because she's like, oh, I didn't think you'd get it. So <laughs> I, got a, I got an email from Jake Phillips and said congratulations and I had to go inside and ask the wife what this was all about <laughs> so then she told me so but yeah no very grateful she did because it was an absolutely fantastic program and yeah it was a yeah great four days and it probably came at a pretty good time considering you've just going into your seed stock business it probably came at a pretty good time oh I couldn't have come at a better time like even things there like where probably doesn't oh it doesn't really well, it didn't interest me, I suppose, more so than anything, the marketing side of things, but, like, things to sit there and listen to that, you're like, wow, like, it actually does play a massive big part in promoting your business and getting your business out there. So, yeah, like, yeah, so beneficial for me at this time and even now with, I suppose, succession planning, stuff like that that's going into the future for even the family farm operation and then for me in the future, I've got two boys of my own now, so it's always nice to sort of get some professional advice and point you in the right direction with things like that because they're uh, they're pretty tough on families I know especially farming families when push comes to shove yeah exactly so obviously those two but were there any other key take-homes that you took from the program that you'll go and think pretty much from the get-go that you'll be able to implement into your business oh yeah definitely like I I think I said to you before like I don't think there was a there was a presentation where you sit there and you go oh yeah like 
whatever, like it was <laughs> everything you sat back there and you I really took everything in. Like there was yeah. the talk from Simon Cooley, the agri trends, like just about the markets, and it sort of gives a little bit of confidence in going forward for the next sort of five years. So I suppose that was a big thing for me. So it just gives us a little bit of confidence to say, right, oh, well, we're doing the right thing, let's go in it. 100 mile an hour and if we come out the other side we're all happy days and if the market stays where it is well we feel pretty confident in what we're doing and i guess it's always good to be able to sit there and let it swirl around in your head and go i can actually see where i can put this into what i'm doing right now and having that bit more confidence going out of it yeah definitely so why would you encourage other young beef industries up and comers to apply for the gen angus future leaders program oh i just think i just think it's a it's a no-brainer really like (laughs) The, the networking there is second to none. Uh, the people you meet, I think we'll be in contact with, or I know I'll be in contact with, and I suppose they're from all over the country too, so it's just that broad range over Australia and even New Zealand now where we can network out to these people and whether it brings in new genetics or talk to people about different things, the how things work, and like I know there was some AI techs there and just to talk to different people and see their perspective on where, where the Angus industry's going and the genetic side of it and... Yeah, everything that, I don't know, it sort of, there was, wasn't anyone there that was doing the exact same thing, which is, it's pretty yeah. refreshing to sort of hear some new stories and how people do things differently. So, yeah, the networking side of it is going to be a massive, massive role for me. I, you know, I just feel like I can ring any people, any of the persons that were there and have a chat to them about anything, and it just leaves that, I suppose, gives you that option there to talk to people and do things differently. Yeah, exactly. Well, great. I think that covers off everything that I needed to ask you today. So again, thank you very much for having a chat with me. Not a problem at all. Thank you very much. That's all good. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. As we get stuck into the new year and head straight into autumn sales, if you are looking to buy this selling season and wanted to utilise some of the tools Angus Australia provides, we recommend you access the Angus Select Suite on the Angus Australia website. If you are in the market for a bull this sales season, Angus Select is an excellent way to peruse the catalogues available to find the bull best suited to your breeding objectives. Or if you are selling this sales season, listing a sale catalogue with Angus Select is an excellent way to display animals for sale and provide prospective buyers with the latest information as it's loaded with features designed to assist users with utilising the full potential of the Angus Australia database. There are a ton of features like loading photos and vendor comments to accompany your online catalogue, linking a hard copy or PDF catalogue and linking pre-sale videos. To access Angus Select or to learn more about the Angus Australia database resources, visit angusaustralia.com.au. Another timely reminder for members is the important timeframes and deadlines when it comes to getting your sale catalogues completed in time for your sale day. The sale catalogue service that Angus Australia offers to its members has grown quite significantly over the past 10 years. So the math is simple, more members plus more catalogue service requests equal more catalogues requested and produced. Statistics show that the months punching out the most catalogues for sales are February, March, July, August and September, and those are indicated as our peak periods. Moving forward as we experience high requests for our catalogue services, Angus Australia are producing catalogues on a first-in, first-served basis upon receival of all information. 
This is why having all your bulls in a row leading up to your sale catalogue production will make the process far easier, as all the sale animals' data will be current and correct, and being organised with your additional data and information will make for a smoother process with your graphic designer. Once your catalogue request is received, it is placed in a work queue. Please allow for at least 7 to 10 working days for your customised or full design catalogue to be processed. Standard catalogues will be turned around within three days provided all required information is received and all animal registrations are in order. For more information about the Angus Australia sale catalogue services, please visit the Angus Australia website or contact Angus Australia. And that's all we have time for. As always, you know the drill. Make sure you follow and subscribe to Behind the Beef and leave a five-star rating or review and follow and like Angus Australia and Angus Youth Australia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Thanks again and we'll catch you on the next one.